to Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Aviva. Welcome to Natural MD Radio. Episode 145, Top Herbs and Supplements for Endometriosis. Endometriosis, if you've been suffering with it silently, as so many women are, you know how much it can impact your life. In this episode, I share some of the science-backed herbs and supplements I use in my medical practice for helping my patients address the symptoms and associated underlying causes of endometriosis, including inflammation and immune dysregulation in endometrium-like tissue. While studies on natural therapies and endometriosis are still in their infancy, as is the study of endometriosis itself, these therapies provide you with options your physician is unlikely to be aware of and which may provide relief and even endometriosis reversal that might allow you to reduce your need for medications and surgery. You do not have to stop what you're doing to write down anything I'm saying. I've got your back. I want you to be able to enjoy your run or your drive in the car or even washing dishes if that's what you're doing, which can be quite relaxing actually. So over at my website, avivaram.com forward slash 145, that's episode 145. So avivaram.com forward slash 145, you'll find all the deets of everything I'm about to lay out for you. So relax. You can go over there when you get a minute. You don't have to do what I do, which is keep a notebook everywhere I go. I'm terrible. I have notebooks. I have a notebook. I have a journal and a pen on this little side table next to my indoor bike that when I'm listening to a podcast on something and I want to write a note, I write it down. So I've got this for you. You can just go over to my website, read, even download the article, print it out if you want. So you've got everything in one place to make it really easy for you. While medications can be effective in relieving pain and preventing the growth of endometrial implants and the right surgery done well can be highly effective. These therapies also have side effects and risks, including addiction to pain medications, the risks inherent with surgery, and even high rates of recurrence with improperly done endometrial endometrial implant removal. Further, none of these approaches get to the root causes of endometriosis, which I discuss in the natural approach to endometriosis, getting to your root causes, another podcast also an article associated with that, and which I dive deeply into in my book, Hormone Intelligence, with a six-week plan to help you take back your hormone health. I support all of the choices a woman makes to live her life free from pain and suffering. I also want you to have access to alternatives so that you can avoid the unintended consequences of medical therapies whenever possible, and that you can at least try, should you want to, to take a more natural approach before taking a more aggressive, let's say, medical approach. My goal is to introduce you to options that you might not have heard of and that your medical provider likely doesn't know because we don't learn these things in medical school and therefore can't inform you of, and that give you additional non-pharmaceutical and non-surgical tools to choose from, whether as alternatives or adjuncts to your medical therapies. Ideally, this will allow you to avoid or rely less on conventional therapies 
Should that be your preference? There's also something else I want to share. When women feel more empowered about their endometriosis, this is from studies, I'm not making this up, they actually experience improvements in their quality of life, symptoms, and their ability to get what they need from their healthcare provider. Knowledge of your full range of options and making the choices that are best for you is empowerment. So let's talk about the herbs and supplements that I use for endometriosis. These are herbs and supplements that have been shown in small to moderate-sized studies, because that's all there really is with herbs and supplements in endometriosis, to variously improve quality of life with endo, reduce chronic pain, pain during sex, urinary and bowel pain, and have led to regression or resolution of endometrial lesions and endometriosis-related ovarian cysts. They've been associated with improved fertility, reduced need for surgery, and improved sleep, which I always consider a win in any, any <laughs> book. A number of extracts and active ingredients from herbs, foods, and supplements have also been found to be anti-endometriotic. That means they've been shown to cause regression of endometriosis lesions. At least one of the following herbs may come as a surprise to you. Some you may not have heard of at all, and some may be familiar to you. In my practice, I use these in combination as core protocol, adding on additional support for pain or other symptoms as needed. I always use herbs and supplements in the context of dietary and lifestyle shifts, as discussed in the article I mentioned earlier, the podcast I mentioned earlier, the, the root cause one, and in my book, Hormone Intelligence. Melatonin. That one's the surprise that I said you may be surprised by. We usually think of melatonin as a sleep supplement, right? And indeed, it is. It's the natural substance that our brain produces that increases at night to tell our brains it's time to get some sleep. However, melatonin appears to have quadruple actions with antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, immunoregulatory, and pain-relieving benefits, all really important in the treatment of endometriosis. It's also a powerful natural detoxifier, not in the sense of detoxes and cleanses, but in the sense of being able to break down harmful forms of estrogen from environmental exposures, what are called xenoestrogens, and also from our own endogenous production. And that partly explains its powerful role in endometriosis care. In one study of 40 women, with chronic pelvic pain who were between ages 15, I'm sorry, 18 and 45 years old, 10 milligrams of melatonin per day was able to significantly reduce chronic pelvic pain due to endo, reduce pelvic pain during menses and during sex, reduce pain during urination and associated with bowel movements, and led to an overall 80% reduction in the need for pain medication in women taking the melatonin and um, also a reduction in, I'm sorry, including a reduction in NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, Motrin, et cetera, and narcotic use. 25% of women with endometriosis are prescribed a narcotic. I'm going to talk about that more in just a minute. Women in the melatonin group also reported substantially improved sleep and a greater sense of well-being in the morning when they woke up. In animal studies, melatonin led to regression and shrinkage of endometriosis tissue. How do you use it? 
Well, this dose of 10 milligrams a day is far higher than the typical one to three milligrams a day recommended for sleep. So what I do in my practice is have my patients start with one to three milligrams a day, preferably in the evening before bed, as it can make you feel sleepy, um, which is great if sleep doesn't usually come to you easily. Over a month, build up to the 10 milligrams, which can be taken all at bedtime, or if it doesn't make you too sleepy in the evening, you can divide it between an earlier evening dose, let's say six or seven o'clock, and a bedtime dose. If you're trying to conceive, the one caveat is keep that dose around three milligrams a day for about eight weeks prior to conception. There's some theoretical um, uh, ideas that higher doses may temporarily inhibit ovulation. So just to be extra cautious, I make that recommendation. The next supplement that I use in my protocol is called N-acetylcysteine. Some people call it NAC. I usually say NAC. N-acetylcysteine is a powerful supplement that increases glutathione, which is one of the most important natural detoxifiers produced in our body. It helps the liver go from phase one to phase two to help break down the products that are hormone of uh, end products of our hormones and products of environmental chemicals, pharmaceuticals, et cetera, et cetera. Many of us aren't producing quite enough NAC or glutathione and NAC to keep up with the demands put on our bodies by chronic exposure to environmental toxins, including environmental estrogens, as well as overproduction of our own natural hormones, including estrogen. NAC has some impressive data behind it, specifically for endo. In a 2013 study of 92 women, this was done in Italy, 47 took NAC and 42 took a placebo. Of those who took 600 milligrams of NAC three times a day, three consecutive days each week for three months. I've got that all written down for you over at avivaram.com forward slash 145. Here's what happened. 24 patients canceled their scheduled laparoscopy due to a decrease or disappearance of endometriosis symptoms, improved pain reduction, or because they had gotten pregnant. 14 of the women in the NAC group had decreased ovarian cysts, Eight had a complete disappearance of their symptoms and lesions on laparoscopic evaluation, and 21 had pain reduction. In the other group, only one patient canceled her surgery. A total of eight women got pregnant in the NAC group, while six did in the placebo-only group. How to use it? NAC is typically taken at a dose of 600 milligrams three times a day, not just the three times a week for three months in a row, as was done in the study, which you can certainly do, but I think it's easier just to take it every day. Um, per the study, I do recommend continuing it for at least three months, the time frame seen in the study for seeing substantial results, reduction in the cysts. And if you experience improvement, this safe supplement can be taken on an ongoing basis if needed. I recommend going off of all of these supplements if you are trying to conceive and get pregnant, or if you weren't trying to conceive and get pregnant, these aren't necessarily appropriate pregnancy supplements. You can use them while you're breastfeeding though. The next supplement that I use in my protocol is called pycnogenol. In a study of women with endometriosis taking pycnogenol, which is an extract of maritime pine bark, yes, as in the trees, 30 milligrams twice a day for 48 weeks led to a 33% reduction in pain, including severe pain. While the pain reduction, interestingly, was not as strong as in the hormonal treatment group in this study, it actually persisted without relapse, unlike the medication group when women stopped the hormones 
the symptoms came right back. Further, five women in the pycnogenol group became pregnant. So how do you use it? Simply following the study dose, 30 milligrams twice a day for one year, continuing as needed. Now, I get that a year is a really long time, but keep in mind, it can take nine years, totally inappropriate, but it can, to get an endometriosis diagnosis. So if you've been struggling with this for a long time, you don't want to necessarily take hormones or pain medications daily or narcotics as pain medications or get surgery. A year is a reasonable amount of time to try something if it's going to give you substantial benefit. So I'm going to talk more in just a minute about what to expect, but just kind of put a pin in that. A couple of other supplements I use um, in my protocol are, um, is vi- are vitamin B6. B vitamins as a whole are essential for the breakdown of excess estrogen, but B6 specifically is also needed for glutathione production. So we've talked about that. Omega-3s, omega-3 fatty acid supplementation is associated with a marked reduction in pain. In endometriosis, in one study, women with endo were able to decrease their use of pain medications after just three months of supplementing with this nutrient that comes from fish or algae. You can use either. If you're a vegan, use the algae if you don't want to take the fish. And a dose is typically two to three grams of a combined EPA DHA product daily. The B6 dose, by the way, was 50 to 100 milligrams daily. And that's again over at avivaram.com forward slash 145. You don't have to memorize this stuff. Other than that, you have to remember avivaram.com forward slash 145. Um, Curcumin is the last in sort of my core protocol. Curcumin is one of the active ingredients in the spice turmeric. Curcumin has been shown to have anti-endometriotic effects. Again, remember that leads to help helps lead to the regression of lesions. And it's likely due to a combination of its anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects, as well as its as well as its ability also to increase glutathione. And curcumin has an ability to regulate the immune system. So One of the thoughts is that it's possibly addressing some of the core immune dysfunction contributing to endometriosis. How to use it? 500 milligrams twice a day. You want to make sure you're getting a product that is specifically formulated for bioavailability. And the one caveat with this is that you avoid it if you have gallstones. I use a couple of additional pain relief and anti-inflammatory support herbs. Depending on the severity of your pain, it can be helpful to add natural pain relieving and anti-inflammatory herbs and supplements for extra support. One of my go-tos, and honestly, if you hang out with me often enough, you're going to hear me recommending ginger a lot. I even had ginger in my own breakfast today. I eat ginger every single day, pretty much. I never, I literally never don't have ginger in my refrigerator. I pick up another knob of ginger every time I go to the market. So for example, this morning I was working on updating this article and getting ready for this podcast recording. And my husband made me one of my favorite morning drinks, which is uh, maybe not better than coffee, but it's pretty good. It's really delicious and really cooling and anti-inflammatory and pain relieving and just delicious for nutrition, which is why I drink it, which is carrot apple juice made with lemon and fresh ginger root. And I put a lot of ginger root in it. So you'll hear me talking about ginger a lot. It's pretty amazing and really tasty. So ginger root powder or the equivalent 
in extract or tincture form at a dose of 500 milligrams two to four times a day has been shown to reduce pain equal to the effects of ibuprofen. I highly recommend taking it as part of the above protocol that I shared with you and or the earlier protocol I shared with you on a daily basis if you have chronic endometrial pain. If your endometriosis pain only flares premenstrually and at the start of your period, then you can take it just at that time. If you take it every day, you could take 500 milligrams, uh, two capsules a day, but you can take it up to four capsules a day um, or four times a day at the start of your period or right before your period. So kind of titrate it to what your needs are in your cycle. Cannabis. All right. I know this gets controversial, less so than it used to be, but um, you know, I think some people are still very hesitant to take it. In fact, I had one patient who was a mom of two kids who would actually who actually preferred and felt more comfortable taking the narcotics. She was on oxycodone for her endometriosis pain prescribed by her local physician um, when she came to me and I suggested that cannabis could be an option. She was like, ooh, but that's a drug. And I was like, ooh, but you're taking a lot of narcotics. So it really depends on what you're comfortable with. Um, you know, whether this is um, for you. But women across the world use cannabis in various forms to treat endometriosis and period pain and have been using cannabis for centuries. I've got a cool link over to an article if you head over to the blog associated with this pod um, by a dear friend and colleague, Ethan Rousseau, who has studied the use of cannabis around the world and historically in women. He's also a physician and probably the leading cannabis expert in the world. He actually created the product Sativex, which is a pharmaceutical um, cannabis for all kinds of um, medical conditions, including seizures and spasticity. Cannabis, when it comes to endometriosis, is really, really interesting. In fact, I'm going to do a whole separate episode on that down the road. The data emerging on the potential role of CBD and THC products, not just to reduce endometriosis pain, but for cannabinoids to actually have a therapeutic role in resetting the immune dysfunction that's happening in endometriosis-like tissue is really impressive and promising. There are studies going on around the world. The Israeli government is funding the creation of a pharmaceutical for this. It's really, really interesting. I talk more about cannabis for gynecologic pain, specifically for period pain, in an article over on and podcast over on my website. Um, I think it's called um, cannabis for period pain, can it really help? And I highly recommend having a read of that if you're interested in using it for endo. It can take a bit of gentle personal experimentation to determine whether cannabis or CBD is right for you, which product is right for you. There are many and at what dose, but I consider it a far safer alternative to opioids or narcotics, which as I said earlier, 25% of women with endometriosis are given a prescription for to manage their pain. All right, let's talk about the long game, what to expect with herbs and supplements for endometriosis self-care. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Endometriosis can be a tough condition to treat, and natural therapy does not lead to overnight results. It can take three to six months to see symptom improvement and longer, up to 12 months to see changes on laparoscopic evaluation. Unless endo tissue is getting in the way of getting pregnant, you don't need to follow up with laparoscopy, but um, if your symptoms improve, that can be your guide. Is this going to work for everybody? 
no, it's not going to work for everybody. But I highly recommend giving it a try. So what I recommend is staying on your herb and supplement protocol on a daily basis for at least six months before you decide whether it's working for you and continue if you feel it is until you feel like it's no longer needed. One thing I highly recommend is keeping an endometriosis journal as you start to use natural therapies, even if you're just tracking the dates of your symptom flares on a, and a one to 10 pain scale, like one equals no pain, 10 is horrible. And just do that like once a week or a few times a week, just because sometimes we get so used to feeling awful, we don't even recognize when we're starting to get improvement. I see this in my practice all the time. Keeping a journal while you're using a natural approach can give you those insights more clearly. And look, if at any time you're not getting the benefits you hope for, you can always add in or shift to conventional therapies. Truly integrative medicine doesn't polarize one option as better than the other. It's a continuum that you get to choose from. Including natural therapies in your endometriosis treatment plan also doesn't preclude using conventional therapies at the same time. They can often be combined with standard endometriosis treatments. You'll just want to work with an integrative practitioner skilled in doing so if you want to combine what I'm sharing with you and conventional therapies, especially the hormonal therapies. And again, you can always escalate to more aggressive therapies if needed, but getting even some natural relief may help you avoid sometimes unnecessary medications and more aggressive measures, including hysterectomy. And if you can go all natural, why not? I hope you've enjoyed and found helpful and useful and reassuring and inspiring and yes, empowering this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you want more hormone support, my book, Hormone Intelligence, is now out there in the world and ready for you to pre-order if you're listening to this before June 8th, 2021, or order if you're listening to it after. And if you do pre-order it, be sure to get my free seven-day hormone intelligence quick start guide and my seven-day meal plan when you order my book. You can do that over at avivaram.com forward slash book. If you forget any of these links, just go to my website, avivaram.com, and you'll find it. Hey, I want to add in a word about supplements before we go, because I know I talked a lot about supplements in this episode, and you may be wondering, where do I get these things? I have no supplement store. I do not sell supplements directly. It's part of my commitment to you to making sure that you know that the information I share with you is unbiased. I don't make a profit off of you buying my personally branded supplements. And I personally find it annoying when I go to even a colleague or friend's website and they've got an article on something and then they tell you how you can buy their supplements with their name on that. It feels a little bit of conflict of interesty kind of stuff to me. But so many of you ask me where to get supplements that a few years ago I started making available a link to my online formulary that I use for my medical practice, for my personal needs, my family, and my friends. That's in a relationship that I have with a company called Fullscript. They guarantee the quality of their products, which you cannot say, for example, for Amazon. Amazon had their own article saying how some of their own supplements were fraudulent. They can't guarantee their supplements. Fullscript is a practitioner-based, practitioner-serving um, company. And um, they allow me to 
give you guys a 20% discount across the board. Now, wholesale is 30%. So that difference has to go somewhere. And that difference I use to support um, those organizations and individuals seeking to reduce disparities in maternal mortality, particularly in the Black and Indigenous women of color communities, but across the board, and also to support those students who want to study with me but require scholarships. So your support of uh, your use of supplements from this high quality source supports me in supporting those organizations and individuals while also staying supplement advertising free. So if you want to know how to access supplements that I use in my practice, you are welcome. I don't recommend individual products, but you are welcome to either use that supplement formulary to purchase your supplements or just head over there. You can create an account for free. You can see what I include, and then you can find those on your own. For that information, just head over to my website, avivaram.com. In the nav tab where it says more for you, you'll find a drop down that says supplements. Or if you scroll to the bottom of my homepage, and if you haven't seen my new website yet, please check it out. It's really beautiful. Worked really hard on that, and I'm very happy with it. At the bottom of the homepage or in the sidebar of the main blog category pages, you can find a link over to the replenish formulary. That's what I call it. And I call the um, program that supports. Uh, reduction in maternal mortality, supporting women, doulas, midwives, etc., etc., Dharma moms. So thank you so much for joining me. I will see you next week on Natural MD Radio. If you loved this, make sure to drop a comment and a really favorable review where you listen to podcasts. Tell other women because that's how we get the word out and can really work together to make a difference in helping women take back their health. See you next time. enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.